You're listening to the RSA Conference podcast, where the world talks security. Hello and welcome to the RSA Conference podcast, Breaking News Edition. Our guest today will be one of the speakers that we'll be featuring in February at the RSAC Sandbox in San Francisco. Arez Yalon and his team recently published research on a vulnerability that the Checkmarks security research team discovered, which impacts the camera apps of vendors in the Android ecosystem. Arez, please introduce yourself to our listeners. Hi, great to be here. My name is Arez Yalon, as you said. I'm the director of security research in Checkmarks. Checkmarks is a global AppSec company headquartered in Israel. Great to have you with us, and thank you. Thank you for being here and also for joining us as a presenter in February. It's so fun to see all the speakers that we have from across the globe covering various topics at conference. Um, we want to, as I said, focus on the research that you just published. Can you start perhaps with a little more information about the work that was done by Checkmark Security Research Team specific to smartphone cameras? Sure. So... What we usually do to keep our knowledge of what's going on out there in the wild, as we say, we just look at everything that is software. And today, software is everywhere. Software is in uh, web applications, as we know them, and mobile applications, and operating systems, and, and IoT, smart toasters, your watch, your car, everything. So we try to stay up to date with all the new technologies of software and Obviously, it includes uh, security-related issues with software. Um, also, I must say that usually we look at more of a high-end brands or the big names, and this is because we believe that if someone from a big company will do a mistake, probably someone from a small company will have the tendency to do the same thing. So this research took us to look at a Google Pixel phone, and we wanted to kind of put a focus on the applications that come stock with it as default. Um, we analyzed all the applications that came with a Pixel 3 phone, which is a nice phone. And after looking at several applications, we noticed something that we suspected might be a security uh, issue with the camera app. Interesting. So what exactly was the problem with the camera app? And, and, and that's interesting that you start with the big firms. It makes its way down to the, to the smaller vendors. Um, what was the issue specifically with the camera? Okay, so the issue was with the permissions mechanism, um, not of the operating system, not of the Android system, but of the camera application itself. We noticed that in under specific circumstances, we could um, manipulate the actions or intents. These are the, the software calls in Android. And we could, let's say, convince the camera app to take a picture or even a video without asking for any permission. Hmm. So it, it can take pictures. It can take videos. Can it track where the person is? Can it do anything in addition to taking those those images, what else did the vulnerability allow a hacker to do? So that is actually the interesting part. Um, since we found this small loophole, we decided to create some sort of, let's call it malicious application, or sometimes it's called rogue application, 
we see those uh, pop in the in the Play Store and Apple Store all the time, and it's a really big headache for these uh, big uh, stores of applications. So we sure. decided to create our own weaponized malicious application. What this application could do is, first of all, it was hidden under something that looked like a, a benign weather app. Obviously, we could create a calculator or a game. It doesn't really matter. Um, as long as it's being just installed and opened once, we managed to create some sort of persistent infection on the phone. And then the attacker would have complete control over the camera. And it included, um, as I said, taking pictures, taking videos, using the information of the geolocation uh, embedded in the pictures to track the person or track the victim, we should say. Also, taking a video while a phone call takes place enabled us to listen to both sides of the phone call that's taking place. So basically, complete eavesdropping machine falls into one malicious application. Hmm. Walk me through how your research team was able to reproduce this, this process of exploiting the vulnerabilities you discovered. You know, how was how it done? That's question one. Um, and then my follow-up question to that is, how difficult was it to do? The step-by-step process, um, I think it would be best if I keep it to my talk at RSA. <laughs> okay. So in February, absolutely. <laughs> hey, I, I respect that. That's good. That's good. Okay. Tell me but, about what you did and how, how, how difficult was it? Is this, is this a really scary vulnerability on a scale of 1 to 10? Is this a, wow, you have to be super, super smart to be able to do this? What's the implication of this vulnerability? Is it easy or super, super smart? I would say both, and I'll explain. Super. Finding the issue took a lot of effort. It took a lot of time. And actually, the specific senior researcher who found it, his name is Pedro Umbelino. Um, he really worked a lot on it. The problem is that as soon as we found it, the exploit was rather easy. So... This was our biggest concern because we knew that if we're going to publish it and if anyone is going to know about it before it's fixed, the exploit uh, is going to be very, very easy for every hacker. And we were worried about uh, catastrophic results. Sure. So my my understanding is timeline of this, um, you reported these vulnerability challenges, July timeframe. Um, we're having this conversation November timeframe. There's some time in there where you were working with the, the manufacturers. Talk us through how you engaged with the vendors, um, what you did, what this disclosure process looked like. Okay, so a bit on our side, all of us try to stay on the white hat side. We try to convince ourselves we're the good guys, right? So we don't want to do anything that will put anyone, any user, no matter of, of what company, at risk. So we usually try and find a, a connection with uh, the security department of the vendors. When we talk about Google, this is really not a problem because I don't think there is anyone more prepared for them to get uh, disclosures. Um, they're super responsive. Uh, they looked at the issue. Immediately they flagged it as high severity, which we agreed. We 
shared with them all our material of investigation and research, and also we shared with them the basics of the malicious application so they can take a look at that. I think they, they released a quick fix very soon, but they asked us to wait a bit with the publication until they're sure the, the fix is stable and everything, which made sense. We usually, uh, we usually oblige about at least 90 days for the vendors, and if we see they need our collaboration, then we even wait more. While we were waiting... We suddenly had a suspicion that other vendors from the Android ecosystem who have their own camera applications might be similarly affected. When approached Google, they actually confirmed that they have the, the same suspicion. They contacted and sent a notice to, to the entire ecosystem, which is obviously easier for them than for us. They told us that several vendors are probably affected. Only one vendor, which is Samsung, actually contacted us to confirm. Um, other vendors did not, so I do not know which other vendor is affected or not. And then we worked uh, in collaboration with Samsung, uh, which were also very responsive. They took responsibility immediately. Um, it was really a pleasure working uh, both with Google and Samsung because of the and when Samsung told us that they released the fix, we kind of agreed on mid-November because they needed the time to not only create the fix, but also to deploy to all the line of product. And as I said, I prefer to be sure that everything is covered before we publish such a big thing. And this brought us to November 19th. Excellent. Yeah, I, I like hearing stories like this, you know, because there, there's discussion in our industry. There's there's debate in our industry what the best process is to follow. Different organizations do things differently. Um, so the way that you engaged with the vendors and the back and forth and the collaborative professionalism, frankly, shown by all entities is admirable. Um, okay, you dodged this question to put people um, looking forward to your presentation in February. So, <laughs> so talk me through where you're going to be presenting in the sandbox. The sandbox is a super fun, really interactive area of RSA conference. It's um, accessible by anyone with a full conference badge or an Expo Plus badge. It tends to be really a fun space that people in, enjoy being what do we have to look forward to in that presentation? And what guidance are you going to be sharing that can be helpful for product security and, and privacy of mobile devices? Just give us a sneak peek. Okay, so we already know the bottom line. We know what we found. Uh, it's published everywhere. We know that hundreds of millions of phones were potentially affected uh, throughout the world, and we explained everything. In the talk, I will probably go a bit more technical, not, not very deep, but just for people to understand the steps we did in the beginning to find this, uh, let's say, the first step. We could find that the thread that took us deeper. And then I'll be happy if the attendees will join me in kind of, a, let's call it an interactive brainstorming uh, to show what we did in the creative part. So there is a gap between finding something and then in the end you have an exploit, but everything you have in the middle is very creative because you need to kind of find a way to weaponize 
what you found, you need to find a way to use it as an attack vector. And I'll be very happy to present that step by step to see what we did, how we moved from, uh, from picture to video, how we moved to a stealth mode, how we managed to do it uh, while the, the phone was locked or even the screen is off. So every step that took us forward um, took some sort of thought process, and I think it's very interesting to show how attackers think. When you create a product and you have in mind, at least remember how attackers act or how, how attackers think, I think it makes your product probably more secure. Definitely. You know, our theme this year is, is human element. It was interesting to see how that was taken and internalized in so many of the submissions that came through. And what you just took me through, you know, how did the bad guys think? It, it's that, that humanness that if we understand how they think, we can then do a better job of designing security. We can do a better job of privacy first. We can do a better job of, of making sure that what we're creating, and as you said, basically everything out there at this point, um, you know, there's a computer element to it. Um, it can just be more secure. So that sounds like a really, really good presentation. Uh, we also have an emphasis at conference this year. We've got a product security track. Um, so I, I anticipate there's going to be all kinds of people running across hallways and, and making these, these different presentations because there's this, these great, tangible, valuable takeaways and lessons that you're giving people to, to learn from right away. Um, okay, so I have an Android-based smartphone. What should I do now based on what you've discovered? Okay, so first of all, I get it from a lot of people, both reporters, interviewers, friends and family. Should I throw my, my Google and Samsung phone, first of all? So, <laughs> so my answer is no. Uh, I own one of those. The thing is that you cannot really judge a phone by if they have a vulnerability every now and then. I'm sure that if I write code at the moment, someone will find vulnerability in my code. I think we don't really believe that a code can be released with zero uh, errors. We can try our best to minimize it, but it just never gets to zero. Even if you use uh, all the testing possible and, and all the education that you can. I, I think the important thing about embracing a secure culture is actually to look at how the vendors act when something is found and how serious they are, um, and if they do take the responsibility on these issues or they just roll it to someone else. And at the moment, I feel in good hands with Google and Samsung. Having said all that, we need to know that during these days, the, the smartphones are actually an extension of ourselves. They accompany us to every place all the time, including maybe places that privacy should be kept uh, better than other places. Just keep in mind that you have a smartphone near you. That's it. Sure. Okay. Um, so any patches that we can be applying, anything that we can be upgrading on our systems to react? Of course. This is, in my mind, it goes without saying, so I didn't even mention it. But yeah, make sure that every phone you have it doesn't have to be Android. It doesn't have to be a specific brand. Keep it up to date with all the updates. So specifically here we're talking about the updates for the camera phone, but it's a very healthy habit to have all your applications up to date, 
your operating system up to date, um, firmware, if, you, if we're talking about, for example, laptops and computers, um, et cetera. Sure. Just like replace the batteries in my smoke alarm. These are the basics that we should be doing. But sometimes we forget the basics. It's, it's interesting how often we forget the basics. Well, thank you. Um, thank you for joining us today. Um, and even more importantly, thanks for the great research that your organization does, um, the responsible disclosure policies you practice. Again, it's great to hear success stories like this and the positive impact that really, that really ripples through the whole community and right back to each and every individual who's walking around with one of these smartphones. Um, it's commendable, so thank you very much. I look forward to meeting you in San Francisco in February and also joining many of our listeners at RSA conference and looking forward to this great presentation where you'll give us even more detail behind um, this terrific research that you did. So thank you very much and have a wonderful day. Thank you so much. Looking forward to February. 